Coffee Time Wednesdays with uh, the Prairie Farm Podcast. Get the jingle, Nick. Because I get dreams all the time about like I'm in school and I know I know I've graduated, but I'm in school and I have forgot where I'm supposed to go to class at. Dude, I get the one <laughs> where I am about to start a soccer game and I don't have my cleats on yet or something like that or like a basketball game the other night i had one i had one again where this I actually got happened to me but keep going the <laughs> i uh <laughs> i got to a basketball game and i was sitting in the stands and i was like wait what am i doing i'm in this game i'm supposed to be in this game so i'm like running to the locker room and it's taking me a while to lace up and it was terrible yeah that exact thing happened to me in uh eighth grade uh, and uh, it actually resulted in me giving up the game winning points I we had to dress up for away. Well, actually, it was just home and away basketball games. And I'm talking dress up. Like there are kids that wore ties. You have to wear like khakis and dress shoes, and and you know, like maybe a nice sweater or something. Which was, you know, I I understand the point that they were trying to make. You know, discipline. You want to look your best. You know, what is it? You know, look good, play good type type mentality. But uh, it just made for that many more things for a junior high kid to have to keep track of. And I forgot to bring with us on the bus for the away game my basketball shoes out of my locker. So, like, I had all the, you know, my shorts, my jersey and everything. But we're still wearing those dress clothes. And I just forgot to grab my shoes. And so we get there, and I'm, like, getting dressed and everything, and all I have are, like, wing te- wingtip dress shoes. And, and I'm a starter, you know. I was, I was in the starting lineup, so I had to, I had to be there to play. And, uh, you know, oh this is goodness. before the age of every kid on the planet has a cell phone. This is high school varsity <clears throat> basketball? No, no, junior high, thankfully, oh. not that, that high of a level. But still, you know. And uh, so I, you know, get the lump in my throat. Oh, coach. Uh, do you have a cell phone I could borrow? <laughs> and by some miracle, my parents weren't home, but my young, my middle brother was. And so I call home. He answers. I'm like, Luke, this is so important. You have to grab my old basketball shoes out of my closet and bring them with you guys when you come to the game tonight. By the way, the game was hour plus from my home. And uh, he's like, okay, I can do that. So he digs out my basketball shoes, sets them by the door. And uh, my parents get home. All right, we got to go to Kent's basketball game. Everyone loads up in the car. Everybody walks right past the basketball shoes and drives down the road an hour to my game. And I'm still sitting there in my jersey and shorts and dress shoes. Well, game starts, no shoes. My friend's dad took off his shoes that were kind of basketball shoes, more athletic than dress shoes, let me wear them. And I like my, my feet just like slid back and forth. Those things were like double wides, man. I was my feet were just sliding around oh. inside of those. Played a whole game. Come, you know, it's a one point game. Comes down to the last seconds of the game. The guy I'm guarding drives the lane. I try to like slide over and guard him, but my feet are just like in cinder blocks. And he just burns <laughs> right past me. Easy layup, game, oh. set, match. Oh man, that is literally just a nightmare. My goodness, can you guys Speaking hear that? Nightmares, holy moly! It is yeah. raining outside. Yeah, I, heard, I hope you heard that thunder out there. That was bonkers. That's cool. We are here. It is the middle of January. It is fifty degrees and raining outside. 
um, doing our uh, coffee time Wednesdays. And uh, so these are just little little snippet uh, episodes. We're hoping to shoot for 15 minutes, and but we all like to talk quite a bit. And we're all going to bring one subject. It might be just Kent and Peyton some days. It might be me and Kent. It might be all three of us. Maybe maybe Dad, Carol Hawksberg, and himself will jump on at times. But, uh, yeah, that's the goal. So, uh, Peyton, you want to – what are you bringing to the table today? I actually – do I need my article up? No? Right now, I just it's read like a book report in high school. Yeah, yeah, I forgot <laughs> it at home. Um, no, I was reading a little little news snippet today, if you will, about how there's an increasing amount of feral hog spottings in Kansas. Oh, which is I don't know if you know much about feral hogs, but they they are feral. They are feral, and they are not <laughs> nice to um, the environment, as in like agricultural crops and everything. They will, right. for lack of a better term. Mess up a field. Oh, <laughs> Rip yeah. it asunder. Yes. <laughs> nice, uh, like, King James version yeah, word yeah. there, Frick Nick. the biscuits right out of that field. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very destructive. And I believe the – I think there's – of the 50 states, I think 35 of the 50 states have a feral hog population. But we That's, don't. Iowa doesn't. We do it? not. No. Because no, um, we kill them all because we are efficient. Yeah. Come on. That's what we do here. Efficiency. Perfect rows. No feral hogs. Yeah. No mess. Yeah. I, you know, fingers crossed we won't ever have that problem, but there's plenty of food here. Some habitat, and uh, they definitely survive at similar latitudes, so it could happen. Peyton, you've got duct tape and a knife against a feral hog who wins. The hog, dude. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> videos of those things, but... <laughs> Because you get these people that are paid like professionally in Texas and probably Oklahoma. Now I'm spitballing. But they'll hunt them out of like helicopters. Yeah. Which, if you got a grown-ass man hunting a feral hog out of a helicopter, and they're not boots on the ground, me and my little duct tape knife are not going to do much <laughs> against a whole hog. Wow. That was some real humility. Thanks for sharing that. But a bear, uh, easy. <laughs> easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grizzly every day. Just depends on how hungry you are. Man. Duct tape and knife might be more than you need if you're hungry enough. Well, do you do you, do you think you could stand a chance knife in hand against a feral hog? <laughs> how many times out of um, 10 do you win? How many times out of 10? Two. Like if I just had to Two. wrestle with the thing? Well, could you I, have a could I, could, would I be allowed to sustain some damage to myself? But still, beforehand, like but you want still, to handicap yourself? No, yeah, no, no. I mean, who like, dies? Oh, okay. Between you yeah. and the hogs, who so dies? fight to the yeah. death. I bet I could get six out of ten on him. Six out of ten, you, dude. Kent is a hoss, guys. He he works hard outside, but uh, I think you're full of crap. So <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> well, it depends like the... on. It depends on because people do kill him with uh, knives all the time. Uh, in fact, I kind of have a standing invitation to go do so down in Arkansas some, at some point. Just but a one-on-one? They just stand no, off? No, it's not totally red. one-on-one. Totally Monday, one. Monday, dogs. Monday. They the use dogs. So they track uh, them with hounds, and then they have this uh, other dog that they uh, uh, will release. I think they call it the catch dog. It's usually a pit bull or you know similar breed, and that thing will some run huge in. huge dog. My and, goodness. And grabs them by kind of the neck, and then... Uh, you go in and and uh, grab. I think they grab the hind, one of the hind legs. And they have this giant, you know, like K bar knife. They slide in behind the front shoulder and stab that thing right in the heart. Pretty hardcore. That is horrifying. That is 
terrifying. Also, just to be clear, you don't have the help of a dog. <laughs> yeah, without a dog. Thing. Well, so if with the help of a dog, I think I'd go 10 for 10. But, I mean, you got to have a pretty strong will to survive. you got that pig there. Get behind his head. Get get the legs. You know, kind of take, take his back. Headlock. Yeah, but think about like monkeys. Monkeys pound for pound. Oh, are like monkeys three would. Times monkeys. The size would, a monkey would kill me ten <laughs> times out of ten. No but, doubt about so it. So like like hogs, even though it only might be like two hundred and fifty pounds, the amount of muscle it has compared to a human is uh, a lot. Yeah, but no, very poor lateral movement. Yeah, that's uh, fair. you know. I wonder how their eyesight is. I believe hogs uh, have rather poor eyesight, but excellent sense of smell. Yeah. Hmm. Which is interesting because they smell horrible. They're like all the drafting time. the hogs now for like a sport. <laughs> <laughs> we need that oh, movement is terrible. <laughs> Join us here in February for the hog combine. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we need to do some work sometimes. <laughs> all right, um, I'll do mine because I think mine's a lot more boring than Kent's. Man, we're going from hogs to live to share. So it can be interesting. So go ahead and fast forward right now for yeah, about yeah, two go minutes. Ahead, the, the time skip to Ken when he's talking. Mine's about tea. Here's why. We were, Earlier today, we were talking about prairie grass turned into tea because we've got some plants where the chaff on them after we clean them, it's got real minty, nice smell. I feel mm-hmm. like you can put it in tea. Um, and so the... I went and looked at some that they actually use in tea, and we could make our own tea here at Hawks and Seeds. And here's what I need for you guys. If you guys want us to make tea, shoot us an email because we won't, but we could. And if we get a ton of interest, <laughs> then maybe we would think about possibly maybe doing it. But uh, What would we brand it as? Prairie tea? Prairie? No, prairie tea is a plant. Oh. There's a, oh. like a Hawks tea. Ooh. Trademark that, batten it, whatever you got to do. <laughs> Copyright it, copyright it. That's the thing you got to do. Well, I, I, so, but here's the thing. I'm pretty sure there's also, um, n- like, poisonous prairie plants. So, like, you could kill me. But the, the main ones they use in tea <laughs> are purple coneflower, uh, anise hyssop, I think is how that's pronounced, wild bergamot, and mountain mint. And uh, we have those. And uh, what I want to know is, like, if we sprinkle something else in there or if, like, dust from another plant gets in there, if, like, uh, we're just going to end up creaking killing well, somebody. <laughs> well, we, we do use the tooth test on pretty much all of our species. Well, that's true. So, so if anyone's going to die, it's going to be Kent. <laughs> I'm the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the canary means hope. You just mean that we have a OSHA problem. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hope no one who ever works for OSHA ever listens to any of our podcasts because the whole prairie industry would just collapse if OSHA got involved. Yeah, I feel pretty safe every day. Yeah. He's harnessed up every day he goes out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Bundled, very warm, totally. Uh, My harness comes with built in goggles. It takes him 20 minutes plugs. to take off his hard hat and protective vest every time he comes into the office that's more of a kent thing though that's not that's just, he just struggles just never end. did master velcro <laughs> there's there's railings everywhere out there there's not a single platform out there that doesn't have a firm railing that you can grab mm. and we are gonna let other people figure out which of those statements are lies and true not a single board has ever been dropped on anyone Okay, that's all I had. I, I just wanted to talk about tea because I like tea. 
And I think it'd be fun to make Hoxie tea. So, yeah, just yeah. to be clear, if you are interested in the tea, um, just email NicholasLirio at gmail.com. No, no. <laughs> that is my personal email. I will put you in the spam. You can email Nicholas at HoxieNativeSeeds.com. And Nicholas has no H in it. Yeah. Ken, what, what do you got for us? Well, the, you know, I like the tea idea. Um, I also think we could use use it for air fresheners, which has less of a poisoning, uh, you know, possibility. But tea would be great too. Um, the thing that I brought though actually came from my father in law. He sent a text last. Uh, it must have been Friday. He sent it out to the family group chat, and he said, "Look at this headline," and it was something along the lines of "Beavers unwittingly help." Uh, prevent a Russian invasion uh, into a certain region of Ukraine. And, uh, you know, us being a conservation-minded company, that's really our, you know, mission underneath everything that we do. We want to promote healthier ecosystems and, of course, restore the native prairie here on the ground where we work and live. And so the story definitely caught my interest. And uh, turns out, so the, I'm going to try and pronounce the name of the country. I, uh, Belarus, I believe, is the pronunciation of this neighbor. We are educated here. <laughs> is is the neighboring uh, country to the north of Ukraine and not too far from the capital city uh, in Ukraine. And that uh, is a – so Belarus is like an ally to Russia and uh, there's been talk of them possibly invading through that country. But along that border uh, is like swampy ground. And uh, there's evidently a pretty sizable beaver population. And they've been damming up a lot of the rivers and streams in that area. And uh, what's interesting is beavers are known as a keystone species for their ecosystems. Because of their activity and their presence in the ecosystem, they make it possible for all these other species to live there, you know. So if, if the creek is no longer flowing within its banks and it leaks out above the banks because of the dam that was put on there, well, now you can maybe have a greater frog population uh, or, you know, more fish can live there in that those pools as opposed to just in that narrow creek. And so that is keeping the northern army from being able to invade? The Russian army is not able to invade because all this water is backing up and huh. expanding these marshy areas. And to try and get through there, I don't know if you're listening, if you've ever tried walking through like really thick marshy mud, just like pulls your shoes off instantly. You can't, you know, imagine trying to drive a vehicle through there. It would just sink up to the axles instantly. It, it just makes this physical barrier um, so impenetrable that they really don't even have to put much effort into defending that border because the likelihood of an attack um, is so low. And on top of that, if they did try to invade through there, you know, Ukraine's infrastructure has established some roads there, but there's so few of them that you basically just funnel your invasion down into, all right, we'll just attack those two roads and, you know, wipe everybody out as they're coming in, you know, with artillery fire. So pretty interesting how, uh, you know, ecology plays into politics and even, uh, you know, if you, you live hand-in-hand hand with nature, it makes your country a better place. That is crazy. But what are you going to say? 
I was gonna say we are at we're at our 15 minute mark, which means this has been Coffee Time Wednesdays with uh, the Prairie Farm Podcast. Get the jingle, Nick. Beep, 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 beep.